Coming up on Locked on Dodgers, the Dodgers beat the Brewers in a bounce-back game despite having an impromptu bullpen game because of an injury to Noah Syndergaard's finger. We're going to talk a lot about the Dodgers win, the offense stepping up, what Syndergaard's injury could mean for the Dodgers, and then what the bullpen could look like in the near future as people start coming back from paternity and other things. And that's what's on tap, so let's get Locked on Dodgers. You are Locked on Dodgers. Your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans. This is Locked On Dodgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now, and then you become an everyday or just like we are. If this is your first time with us. I am Jeff Snyder. That guy next to me is Vince Samperio. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room, so we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And uh, Vince, it was a weird game. We came into Tuesday's game hoping the Dodgers could hit Eric Lauer, hoping Noah Syndergaard could uh, pitch well for the first time in a while. And uh, we got one of our wishes. And uh, I, I guess Syndergaard didn't pitch poorly. So depending on how we worded that wish, we may have gotten both of our wishes. Dodgers got to Eric Lauer, scored four runs in three-plus innings off him. Noah Syndergaard, though, was kind of the story of the game. He pitched one inning, didn't pitch extremely well, but one scoreless inning. And then he was done because of either a cut or a blister on his finger, depending on who you believe. Yeah, not ideal for the Dodgers in terms of a lot of different things, um, especially coming off, you know, talked about Syndergaard in yesterday's episode about how he's looking to find ways to get over mental hurdles. This isn't a mental one. This was a physical one that he couldn't get over, but still it's not going to necessarily help with the mental part of it either. The bright side, though, Dodgers offense put up runs. The bullpen was able to hold it down. And now, as they've done a lot of times in his career, the Dodgers look to claim Kershaw to give him some length in the game tomorrow or today now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Syndergaard, we don't, it didn't look that great in the first inning. So who knows how much that finger affected him. And if it did, who knows how well he would have pitched the rest of the way. Anyways, uh, shout out to Chris Taylor, who loves the left field grass in my Milwaukee. I don't know what it is out there, but uh, yeah, it was uh, all in all good for the Dodgers, but yeah, not great for Syndergaard. Yeah, and I, I said Syndergaard was a story. Really, the bullpen was the story, uh, or at least you know the, the offense. We'll, we'll definitely talk about the offense in a second too. But the bullpen throwing eight innings in a game when they, you know, they had already been worked somewhat hard the day before because, uh, you know, I think they had to throw three or four innings the day before. I guess it's just three because the Brewers didn't have to bat in the ninth inning, uh, but still, and, and they hadn't pitched uh, very well the day before. But in this game. They pitched eight innings, just two runs, two solo home runs that Shelby Miller allowed. And even that, it's like you're up six to nothing. It, you Honestly, even though home runs count for runs, 
you'd rather have two solo home runs than some walks in that situation because you want your pitchers pounding the zone in a situation where, you know what, worst case scenario, he hits a solo home run. And Rowdy Telez is going to do do that sometimes. Victor Caratini, maybe less understandable, but, you know, a couple bad pitches. Other than that, though, two bad pitches in eight innings, we will take that in an impromptu bullpen game that, uh, yeah, all in all, you couldn't have asked for more from the bullpen in this game. Yeah, exactly. And almost, I think everyone other than Bigford and Suero pitched, who pitched the day before. So, again, the Dodgers are going to need that length out of Kershaw today. But you go to the offense and start it off with Mookie Betts. Uh, Mookie Betts did his first little video podcast uh, with uh, with my day job, Bleach Report. Then he hit a home run, so hopefully he does more episodes uh, and we get some more home runs out of it. But his home run was good, but uh, the really impressive one was Mikel Vargas because that ball went off the back wall of out there in, in Milwaukee. Uh, not a ball you see hit that far very often. Yeah, and, and Vargas in his previous at bat had hit one that looked like a routine flyout off the bat and then ended up going to the wall. Uh, Tyrone Taylor, is that his name? Tyrone Taylor? Yeah. I think. He ended up having to make a pretty nice catch to, to make the play. Uh, it's just that sneaky power from Vargas. Is like, and the roof was closed. It's not like it got caught up in the jet stream or anything. He just hits the ball harder than it looks like he does sometimes. And oh, he's uh, probably got and, some backspin on it because he, he hits a lot to left field that just carry. And yeah. even the game we were at, the, the first ball that almost went out didn't look anything close to a home run. And even the second one, a little bit better, but it wasn't like, a, oh, my God, home run. Yeah, yeah, that day game last Wednesday after that that flyout, I my brother and I said to each other, man, if he swung all the way, he might have hit that out. And then he did the next time up. Uh, by the way, Bigford did pitch in this game. He was the first one out of the bullpen. Uh, I think you were on an airplane at the time, yeah, so I missed you him. can be be forgiven for that. Yeah, he actually pitched well. It was a good bounce back. And he said after the game, he uh, as a competitor, he was very happy to get the opportunity to jump back right in the next day. And and he pitched really well. Uh, Justin Brule got the win because he pitched better. Uh, and in that situation, as we talked about last week, uh, it's up to the the official scorer if uh, he, he gets to choose whoever he thought pitched the best. And Justin Brule was probably the best. Brule looked really, really good. And and maybe we won't get into Brule too much because and maybe not Bigford either because we're going to talk more about Big, Bigford and Brule in the third segment today. Uh, but yeah, Mookie Betts getting that home run off Eric Lauer. Lauer is. He's not a bad pitcher, but he's not a good pitcher, except when he faces the Dodgers. And, and I do think some of that has been overblown just because a lot of Lauer's success against the Dodgers is from when he was on the Padres uh, several years ago. And and so, you know, teams change and there's nothing magical about Lauer pitching two guys in the Dodgers uniform. Uh, but the fact is, the Dodgers have not hit lefties very well this year. And uh, Mookie setting the the tone by hitting that that home run and then uh, Freddie getting on base, stealing a base, working, you know, getting two runs in the first inning off Eric Lauer uh, really, I guess, set the tone. I know I said that twice already, but that's kind of the only phrase for it. It set the tone for the offense and the offense just never really let up. Yeah. And, and, you know, with the Brewers, their starting pitching is really good. They got Devin Williams in the later part of the game. But there's not really a lot of tenor relievers in the middle of the part of that game that you're like, oh, my God, this guy, you know, I'm scared of this guy. And that's where the Dodgers need to get into that bullpen early. And, you know, they got two runs off the bullpen, you know, not a ton. But the fact of the matter was that they got to it. Um, you know, they, they set themselves up for to win the series on Wednesday. You know, you look at it in the grand scheme of the series. And, yeah, the Dodgers had to use all their bullpen arms, but that was not out of the need for it. It was or it was out of the need, but not the need because of bad pitching. It was the need because of injury. 
Uh, but the Dodgers, you know, set themselves up well uh, when you're not facing Burns and you go after a different guy. So it looks good on, on the Dodgers end offensively. You know, they had a chance for some more runs later in the game. And, and you know, we talk about the Dodgers offense, boomer bust and everything else. And you know, the fact of the matter is, like, the, they put guys on base and they don't always hit them in. But it's nice to see them continue to put guys on base into into later part of the game, even when the game's not, not quite out of hand, but out of hand enough to where they're comfortable. And, uh, yeah, like they were one swing away from just really breaking that open. But, you know, it didn't happen and they still won anyways. Yeah, and uh, today Dodgers play a day game against the Brewers to to wrap up this series. I think it's a what do we decide? Ten forty a.m. L.A. start, and uh, they'll be facing another lefty who I, I know Wade Miley has decent numbers this year. I I have a hard time believing that Wade Miley is a good pitcher simply because I have uh, what is it fifteen years worth of data saying yeah he's all right. Thirteen years worth of data, four oh nine ERA. Uh, it, it's kind of funny. He still doesn't strike anybody out. I'm looking at his season numbers this year. He has a 231 ERA, but he has a 5.4 strikeouts per nine, which is the lowest of his career. Uh, he also has a 1.5 walks per nine, which is by far the lowest of his career, less than half his regular rate. So that's going to be interesting to see a team like the Dodgers who are good at taking walks against a pitcher who has walked a lot fewer than usual this year. Uh, I'm hoping the Dodgers can get to Miley again. Uh, you know, Adrian Gonzalez was saying on the postgame show that day games in Milwaukee, even with the roof closed, the sun coming in through the window, it can be really hard on hitters. And so he's expecting more of a pitcher's duel. Uh, but it sure would be nice to see the Dodgers uh, get to another lefty early. Yeah, especially Wade Miley. He's one of those where it's super annoying when he does well against your team. Yeah, for sure. We're going to come back in a minute. We're going to talk more about Syndergaard's injury and what it means for the roster in the short term and the long term. So thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning, and please keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by So Rare. Our new sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. And unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their own fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. What are some of those epic rewards? I'll tell you. So Rare MLB game weeks happen twice weekly and span a three to four day cycle. At the end of game weeks, So Rare MLB managers who rank at or near the top of their leaderboards win a variety of rewards, which can include So Rare scarcity cards, game tickets to actual Major League Baseball games, merchandise, signed jerseys, and VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars. Prizes may vary depending on the competition. It's a great way to uh, really dig into fantasy baseball in a unique way that is a lot of fun and can have some pretty cool rewards. So head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's S-O-R-A-R-E.com slash LockedOn to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. All right, we are back. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. If you are watching on YouTube, we'd love to hear your thoughts in the YouTube comment section. If you're listening on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you through email or social media, social media or whatever. We'll give you all that contact info at the end like we always do. Also want to remind you, today's game, like I said, it's a 1040 a.m. start L.A. time, which means you might be stuck at work or uh, otherwise unable to plop yourself in front of the TV and watch the game. And in that case, SiriusXM is here for you. You can listen to the hometown broadcast live as it's happening just by listening on SiriusXM or pull out the SXM app. 
and search for Dodgers. If you are in your car and want to listen to it on your Sirius XM radio, it'll be on channel 178 on, on Wednesday. Uh, but otherwise, either way, Sirius XM is there for you. And you can also listen to this podcast on Sirius XM on the SXM app just by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Uh, so Cindergard, as we talked about, he left the game after one inning. I, I guess it does matter in the long run, whether it was a blister or a cut. I, I think a cut maybe might heal more quickly, but but Syndergaard did say after the game he's been dealing with this for like a week and a half or so, uh, and uh, maybe even a little bit longer. And, and so if it hasn't healed yet and it's to the point where it's really bleeding, Dave Roberts wasn't ready to commit after the game to saying this is an IL stint. He said, we'll know more in the next couple of days. Uh, Got to give Noah and the training staff a chance to get this figured out. But just for logistics, it seems like they might need to make a decision on the IL sooner than that, simply because they did use seven of their eight relievers on Tuesday. And, you know, as good as we expect Clayton Kershaw to be today, I don't think anybody's necessarily expecting a complete game from him. And so, and with it being a morning game or early afternoon in Milwaukee, uh, you've got, this is a decision that the Dodgers have probably already made by the time we're recording this, Vince, at 9 p.m. on Tuesday night, California time. Uh, chances are they've already cited. And the options are somewhat limited because guys on the 40-man roster, pitchers who are not in the big leagues right now, you got Gavin Stone, who's a starter, and he started for Oklahoma City on Tuesday. Uh, and then you've got Alex Vesia and Andre Jackson. Both of those guys last pitched on Sunday. Vesia pitched one inning. Jackson pitched two innings. Uh, Vesia, we we mentioned last week, his terrible first start in in triple or first appearance in Triple A. The second one went much better. He faced three batters and struck at all three of them. Uh, not sure that he's ready to come back to the big leagues yet. And, and then the other, uh, I promise I'll let you talk in a second, Vince. But the other thing here, the tricky part is. Stone just got sent to the minors about five days ago, five or six days ago. And uh, being sent to the minors, you have to be down there for at least 15 days as a pitcher, unless it's in case of an injury. Well, Syndergaard going in on the IL would make it possible for the Dodgers to recall Gavin Stone. But because he pitched in AAA on Tuesday, that doesn't help anybody. And so if the Dodgers need to add a pitcher uh, for, for coverage for today's game, uh, that kind of makes it harder to call up Gavin Stone to replace Syndergaard in the rotation for his next time through. Yeah, I think the easiest thing is just get Syndergaard on the IL and worry about it later. Like he already got a, a start skipped and this, you know, if he was dealing with it already, it's still flared up. So realistically, whatever it is, give him two weeks off. It's not like he's, you know, it's not like the Dodgers need him. He's not pitching ridiculously well. Um, you know, so put them on the IL, then, then, you know, like I said, they've already figured this out, but for us to kind of figure it out right now, and then you decide, do you need the arm or do you want stone or do you bring up an arm and then kind of have a back pocket IL for somebody, you know, we know the, the Dodgers like to, uh, you know, make their way with the wording than everything else around of everything roster construction. So realistically, if I, what I'm thinking is the IL, no, Syndergaard tomorrow, they call up a pitcher and then there's a backdoor IL stint coming for somebody next week when they need Stone to come up and pitch. Um, but they, they're they off on Thursday too, right? So I guess they technically would it need a starter the next time around. 
um, if they don't need if they don't want to. So there, it could work out that way too. So maybe Andrew Friedman made a call to Andre Jackson tonight and said, "Hey, Andre, uh, AAA money sucks, right? Well, here's a way for you to get some big league money. We're going to call you up, and then in four days." Your uh, your tricep is going to be a little bit tender, and you're going to get major league pay while you're sitting on the major league injured list for a couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it could be something like that. Uh, and, and you know, one of the things we talk about a lot on this podcast is that there's always injuries available. If you if you need somebody to be injured, it doesn't even have to be a phantom IL stint. You know, uh, whether it's uh, you know one of your relievers probably isn't feeling 100 percent right now, and you you tell him, okay, you know. Uh, and it could be as easy as, hey, Wander Suero, um, you know, it, you're lucky to be on the roster at all. So uh, it, you're, you're hurt now, okay? Uh, but, yeah, injuries are always there. And so I think that's probably right. I, I It's hard to see them just skipping, uh, you know, skipping that spot in the rotation this time through uh, because they are trying to give everybody as much rest as possible, even with the day off. And uh, it, it's already – you know, originally when the when the Dodgers set up the rotation, it seemed like the plan was for Stone to make two starts so that they could the Dodgers could have the same three pitchers against San Diego this weekend that they did last weekend, and that those plans changed when they sent Stone down. Uh, but it, it's uh, yeah, it, it's one of those things that you don't. It, it's so easy to just think that being a general manager and a manager is is just the, the basic stuff, but these things, these roster decisions. I think this is kind of where these guys really make their money. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's fun for us to speculate in, you know, the Phantom IL and all this other stuff, blah, blah. But, you know, we're just saying that because we can't, like, we're not actually doing it. They're the ones that actually have to go out and do it and, you know, deal with anything that comes from it. So, yeah, it, it is a lot harder than it is. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. The other part, too, is, you know, Kayla Ferguson was on is on the paternity list. So I don't know how long he's going to be. Like, if he comes back tomorrow, then that's an arm. And then in theory, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, kind of Bro Bickford and Syndergaard type of deal. So there's, like, other ways they may be able to manipulate it if Ferguson comes back. Like, usually I don't think it'll just be a one-day thing. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, like I said, it'll it's already worked out. There's somebody on a plane either to Milwaukee already, whether it's Ferguson or Jackson or Vesia. And uh, they'll be there pitching tomorrow after Kershaw goes. Yeah. Yeah. And we are going to talk more about that in, in just a second about who might be the uh, the move when Ferguson does come back from the paternity list. Uh, so uh, we'll jump into that in a second. Right after I remind you again that SiriusXM has you covered. If you can't be in front of the TV to watch the Dodger game today at 1040 a.m. Pacific time, you can just pull it up on your SiriusXM radio in your car, channel 178, or on the SXM app, search for Dodgers, and you can listen to the hometown broadcast. It's a lot of fun listening to it, and uh, I actually listened to the first inning of uh, – I heard Mookie's home run on the radio because I was driving my son home from baseball practice, and uh, Tim Neverett and Rick Bundy did a really good job uh, in calling that one. It, it was uh, It's exciting to hear a home run on the radio. It always reminds me a little bit. I always think back to – 2018 NLCS game two, Justin Turner's home run off Jeremy Jeffress. I was in my car driving down to California to go to games three, four, and five. And uh, I remember exactly where I was on the freeway and how tightly I was gripping the, the steering wheel and how excited my daughter and I were. So listen on the radio is a fun way to do it sometimes. And by the radio, sometimes I mean the SXM app. So just do that search for Dodgers. 
All right, Vince, uh, let's talk a little bit. Caleb Ferguson is going to come back. Obviously, he's been one of the Dodgers' top relievers. He His spot is there. Uh, Justin Brule is the guy who got called up when Ferguson went on the paternity list. Brule has been great in the minor leagues this year, and he has been great so far since he came back. Uh, Justin Brule seems like he belongs in the big league bullpen, and I know some of it, it's just the nature of being a guy with options that sometimes you do get sent down whether you deserve to or not. Uh, a guy without options is Phil Bickford. And Bickford did pitch really well on on Tuesday in a nice bounce-back game, uh, but he had to bounce back because he didn't pitch well at all in the previous game. And overall, in his on the season, he hasn't pitched very well this year. And uh, it's it's hard because Bickford doesn't have options. And so to get him off the big league roster would mean most likely losing him out of your organization because somebody would claim him on, on waivers. He has good enough stuff. He's had enough success with the Dodgers that he's probably not going to clear waivers, which means he probably leaves the organization. And I don't know. It's hard to see the Dodgers being willing to bite that bullet at this point. Yeah. That, and that's the reality of this situation is that, he doesn't have options. They've kept him along this far already. I don't think they're gonna, you know, lose him off. Have get potentially lose him off the roster over a paternity like paternity list. Uh, bringing someone back off the paternity list and for Justin Brule, like Justin Brule's pitched well, but he's not by any means a dominant reliever. He's just a reliever that's pitched pretty well. He's not, you know, lefty throwing 100 miles an hour with sink. Like he's just a good solid reliever. Um, the other part. You know, is that, you know, before it'd be like, okay, they'd have Gonzalez and then they'd have Ferguson and then now Brule, three lefties. And you think, oh, that's a lot of lefties. But, you know, realistically, these guys are not facing only lefties now and they're still performing pretty well. So that wouldn't matter too much. But I do think the conversation is there for a guy like Brule to be on the roster over Bigford in general anyways. And and just for the simple fact, you know, it it would we know what Phil Bickford is at this point. He's good sometimes. He's not good the rest of the time. Justin Brule, we're still not entirely sure. I mean, he 2021, you know, 21, he had like 21 outings, you know, pretty, pretty solid reliever. 2022 struggled a little bit last year, you know, gave up more hits than normal. Then this year so far has been good so far. And, you know, that that's a guy that could help out the Dodgers. Uh, you know, Bickford's a guy that's there as the last guy out of the bullpen right now and kind of filling in wherever they need him. He can come in with bases loaded, nobody out and get out of it, or he can come in with bases loaded, nobody out and walk a guy and then, you know, give up a double. You know, you just don't know what you're going to get. And I do think once Ferguson's back and if some of these other guys start getting healthy, here we go, like pushing into May, June, you got to think like, like, do we need Bigford for the next, you know, if we lose him, we're only going to lose him for maybe like a month before these other guys start coming back anyways. Yeah, uh, of course, the other guy who uh, the elephant in the room is named Wander Suero, who does have one option left, according to Fangraphs anyway. Uh, seems weird he's been in the big leagues so long, but he only has just over three years of service time, and uh, he still has an option left and hasn't pitched well in his two appearances with the Dodgers. Uh, so realistically, uh, e even though he's the only guy who is currently fresh, uh, he – Swero going back to the minor leagues is probably the answer. And, and realistically, Swero being DFA'd when they need 40-man roster spots as guys come back from the 60-day IL is also probably a, a somewhat large possibility. 
Yeah, that's also very much there. The other guy that, you know, Adam Kalerik's still down there, and he's pitching pretty well for OKC. I don't know if he'll ever get a look up here, but you know, the Dodgers are collecting arms, and realistically, Bickford's probably, you know, unless injuries, which is just how Bickford's still here in the first place anyways, uh, barring, you know, injuries, and it's he's not going to last this the rest of the season on the team. Yeah, or unless he does turn things around, he has shown glimpses, and you know, and I think we spent what the last half of last season saying, well, uh, Bickford should be DFA'd any day now, and uh, and it never did happen. And like like you said, some of that was uh, situational. He just he he kept getting saved by other guys getting hurt or whatever. Uh, but you know, the the guys got nine lives, like uh, maybe he and Tony Gonsler are buddies or something. Kaleric is an interesting option, but he would require a forty man roster move. He's not on the 40 man roster and he's uh, I, I haven't looked at his minor league splits. I assume they're mostly deploying him against left-handed batters. He, he has been a, a split heavy guy at, for most of his career. He's got that funky left-handed delivery that I think righties see him a lot better. Uh, and with Ferguson and Victor Gonzalez and Justin Brule and, you know, uh, I don't know that they necessarily, would want to use a 40 man roster spot on Caleric, but uh, but you know, I could be wrong about that. Um, yeah. I, I didn't know if you were looking up Caleric stats, it looked like you were doing a little research I, there. I, but, I was uh, looking it up, but I didn't get there yet. All right, that's all right. Um, yeah, and, and so it will be interesting to see. Obviously, the hope for today's game is that Clayton Kershaw can go seven innings, you know, and, and Evan Phillips only had to throw a handful of pitches. I would say would have liked to not use him, but. Uh, Phillips didn't pitch on Monday and they have the off day tomorrow, but he has Phillips has pitched three of the last four days. And so, uh, he, he only threw a handful of pitches, but I, I think in their perfect world, uh, they would score a lot of runs off Wade Miley and Wander Swero could pitch the last two or three innings after Kershaw is done, uh, just to, just to give the rest of the bullpen a rest, uh, because they did, you know, They've had to use them a lot more than they planned. I think going into going into to Monday with Gonsolin going, and then uh, you you expect six innings from Gonsolin and at least five from Syndergaard, and instead you got a total of six innings between those two guys. So bullpen has been worked hard, and Kershaw, like you said earlier, it's a, it's a role that they've looked to Kershaw to fill a lot of times in his career. Uh, Kershaw has very rarely had two bad starts in a row. And so, you know, he's going to come in motivated to to bounce back from his lousy start against the Padres. And uh, things could be lining up for Kershaw to have a, a pretty solid game. Yeah, and the other part that can, you know, remedy a lot of this is the offense to go out and put up 10 runs. Offense puts up 10 runs. Kershaw, you know, can still pitch relatively well, but they can maybe lengthen the leash a little bit for him to go a little bit longer, even if he's not you know, quite dominating, but, you know, even if he's given up, let's just say three or four runs, they can still try to get him into the six, maybe into the seventh, if he's good on pitch count. And then you don't have to worry about who pitches the last couple of innings because, you know, you have a big enough lead to where you feel comfortable anyways. So that that's the other big part of this is the offense. And, you know, like I said, with Lauer, his fastball is down a little bit from before. You know, now they got Miley, who's a guy that doesn't throw hard, makes his stuff around. If they can force him to throw, you know, to stay in the strike zone, which is something the Dodgers do pretty well, um, and, you know, stay back on some of the stuff that he throws them, they can 
for sure get him out early again. You know, he's at the end of the day, he's Wade Miley. He's not, you know, he has had success in spurts. He's in one of those spurts right now to start this season, but it's not by any means anything that's sustainable uh, for for more than what it is spurts. Now, I wonder if Scott Van Slyke is available. Uh, he hit Wade <laughs> Miley well, didn't he? Yeah. I seem to remember from Miley's time uh, with the with the D backs. I guess I'm just pulling out Van Slyke's career numbers. Let's see, Miley. Yeah, batted 444, uh, eight for 18 with five home runs and three doubles uh, against Wade Miley. So uh, that's a 1968 OPS. So uh, Scott Van Slyke, uh, I know he's on Twitter. So uh, maybe, uh, I don't know whose spot he'd take on the roster. Trace uh, Thompson. All right, so, sorry, Trace Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that would be a slap in the especially because Van Slyke has been advocating on Twitter for Trace to get more at-bats. So uh, oh. that, that would be a real twist of fate if, if uh, Trace lost his roster spot to Scott Van Slyke at this point. But uh, yeah. th- that, that's probably not likely. Trace probably will be in the starting lineup and uh, because it is a lefty on the mound. So maybe today is the day that Trace Thompson breaks out. We're waiting. We're waiting. Yeah. That's all we can do. Stranger things have happened, maybe. So. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it for today. You got anything else, Vince? I got nothing else. I'm glad to be back in California and glad to be able to watch Dodger games again. And uh, glad we're back together. So everything's good. Right yeah, now. it's it's nice doing a podcast with both of us in our actual recording uh, habitats. And uh, yeah, always good to see your face and talk Dodgers with you. Always good to talk Dodgers with our listeners. We really, really appreciate all of you, especially our everydayers. If you're not an everydayer, it's a real easy club to join. All you do is watch or listen every day. And then you can tell us, hey, I'm an everydayer. And we'll say, hey, thanks. Uh, because that's how we are. Uh, if you have friends or family who love the Dodgers like you do, please tell them about the show. Maybe they'll become everydayers too. Remember, if you can't watch today's game on TV, you can always listen to it, the live hometown broadcast, by listening to it on SiriusXM channel 178 or the SXM app, search for Dodgers. And you can always catch this podcast on the SXM app by searching for Locked on Dodgers. Uh, we are, uh, no, what do I got? Oh, uh, you can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Since91. I'm on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is lockedondodgers at gmail.com. And our phone number for voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.